Hi, welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. I'm Corey. And today we have part two of You're Not Alone, a limited series on mental and financial wellness. We've all had a really stressful year and we've heard from so many people, not just small business owners, that they're at their breaking point. This podcast series isn't just for small business owners. We truly believe that everyone can benefit from these conversations. And a year when so many people have had challenge after challenge, we wanted to find a way to offer some help and hope. We decided to reach out to various networks to bring together a few episodes that will hopefully help you, help give you some advice and guidance on how to keep going. We believe in the never say quit entrepreneurial spirit, and these experts will provide insight from their knowledge, our own experiences on ways to keep moving forward. This podcast will be released every Saturday in the month of December, and we'll have a licensed therapist as well as business and financial experts telling their stories and giving advice on how to keep yourself sane. On today's episode, we have Chris Cannon. He's an entrepreneur out of Johnson City. Along with helping his wife manage her dental practice, Cannon Family Dental, he operates SmileMaker University and Elite Practice Development, which are companies aimed at helping improve the business side of dental practices. Chris is going to talk to us today about disaster recovery and the importance of knowing your business. Welcome, Chris. Tell us your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, um, so, you know, we, we've all been going through this together. Um since COVID broke out. And on March the 12th, we, we got the call. Actually, I got a call from one of my bankers that said, you know, they're talking about shutting you all down. And I walked back in my office and I said, I told my office manager, I said, they're going to shut us down. And she said, there's no way. And so I immediately went into my office, pulled out a legal pad and started writing down what I do whenever something bad happens. And I've learned this, unfortunately, from losing everything that we owned in business about five years ago we had a massive flood the office the temperature got down to negative 13 one night the office beside us had sold the day before the pot froze and the main the main feeder line going into the building broke while we had patients in the chair and this this is in our we, we have a cosmetic and general dentistry practice in johnson city so patients are in the chair the water main breaks and it all comes through the ceiling. So 135,000 gallons of water in a matter of 30 minutes or so. And we lost everything. All the equipment, all the x-ray machines, everything. The only thing we could save was a desk and the safe and the server. So whenever, we, whenever that happened, we were down for roughly about 90 days and we had zero production. And it was probably one of the scariest times that me and my wife had ever went through. Um, she was about six months pregnant at the time. And when I walked in the front door of the office and it was flooded, she was standing up to her um, ankles in water at that point, holding her belly and just without any hope, like she, we both looked at each other, we we're like, we're screwed. Like we are going to lose everything. And after we got all the water out of the office that night, me and my father-in-law sat in uh, what we called, it was basically a closet that was our office at that time. And we wrote down like, I just sit there and started writing down like, what do we owe people? And then how are we gonna get through this? And we just kind of talked it through. But um, 
probably probably one of the scariest times and it and it really helped us go get ready for covid if you can call getting ready i mean i don't think anybody was prepared for this but um it's been it's been a crazy ride these last eight months so it's it's interesting that you talk about the you know taking that legal pad and writing things down to kind of help get in your mind exactly where it is that you stand and how bad the situation is like my when i when when something unexpected happens to me like if you know before when i used to be an independent consultant and would be working you know for a business directly it was like a 1099 uh employee if you will a 1099 contractor if that contract would suddenly end my method and i pretty much use this for everything in my life is that i sit down and go through what i like to call the worst case scenario and i'm like what's the worst thing that can happen as a result of this and it's you know i always start with the very worst am i going to die right right and it's like nope and then i kind of walk back from it and figure out you know will i go bankrupt Mm, well maybe maybe if you can't ever find a job again right and so once i know the very worst thing that could happen I feel better because then I can build a plan around it. So it sounds like that's kind of where you started from was let's write down everything that we know. And then you just worked from there. Yeah. And, and you have to remember nothing is permanent um, except for death. I mean, like it is everything will end eventually, you know, and we knew they were only telling us here two weeks, like, you know, two weeks, you're gonna be shut down for two weeks and then, you know, everything will be fine. You'll be back open. And then they started, I mean, I knew it was going to be way longer than that because it takes, you know, you get the government involved in anything. It's going to be a month before you can get anything even started. Yeah. Um, And you're talking about COVID now, not the the flood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I do is I always, what what I learned through the shutdown with the flood was, you know, I put down how much cash I had, how I could get cash. So I went on all my credit cards and figured out how much cash advance do I have? How much, you know, available credit do I have? I had an open line of credit, which I recommend for everybody. Um, something you start now for something you need later um, and get as much as you can, even if you don't need it. And that's one of the things that really helped us survive through that was we had a line of credit open and I figure out my, my cash burn rate, how fast I need, what can I cut out? How fast am I going to burn through my cash and how long can I survive? And, and then you just start, you start working from the bottom up from there and it's kind of what we did here. Um, and, and this one's even a little bit different whenever COVID happened because we were doubling, we were the office that we're in now, we doubled our office size. We moved in April 15th with when we took over the lease. So they completed construction during COVID and we had a twice the, the lease payment and twice the expenses of everything. So we had that happening at the same time during this disaster. So it, it, it's it's all complicated, but what you gotta do is you just gotta simplify it down as much as you can and just take it by, bit by bit and, and just go through it. Yeah, and this is, has definitely been the longest two weeks all of us have ever experienced. Yes. For sure. Yes, it has. <laughs> but trust us, it's only gonna be two weeks. You remember that? Yeah. And then everything's gonna go back to normal. Yeah. Uh, normal, yeah. Um, <laughs> going back to the, the flood, how prepared were you to deal with uh, something like that in terms of, you know, did you have insurance and, um, 
anything else like that, like any kind of like disaster plans? Uh, we did not have a disaster plan. We do, we do now. Um, and that's kind of one thing that it taught us was I plan for everything now. Like I have literally, I get so anxious if I cannot try to see around every corner that I can. And I, I, a lot of times I try to figure out like what, if this happens, what does I, I played a lot of sports. So if, the, if we, this, if we run this play, if they run this play, we're going to run this play type thing. It's how we look at it. So whenever that happened, we did have insurance on the equipment. Um, the insurance adjuster, it was, it was over a million dollar loss whenever it happened. And we ended up having to take a loan out for the difference between the equipment and the repairs that it, we, we just weren't insured enough. We were insured pretty well, but not nearly what we should be. And, um, we had, we had a office overhead policy that was junk. We found that out. We paid on it for four or five years and it was junk. It was, our insurance agent didn't know what he was talking about before he sold it to us. Um, but we learned, we learned that lesson, but luckily we learned it on year five and not year 15 after we paid for it for another 10 years. But yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to laugh at it, but that is a, a common problem that people run into. And, and that's, that's one thing. I, just because your friend's an insurance agent doesn't mean that you need to buy insurance from your friend. And it cost a friendship there for us. Um, I just, it, it was, it was a really tough situation because we were all put in a bad situation at that point. And yeah, yeah. I've got a friend who sells business insurance and he specifically told me he would never sell me insurance for that reason. There, there's a good reason that that's one person you probably don't need to do business with at that point. <laughs> um, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about the, you know, sort of, finding a way to work your way through things like from that emotional or mental standpoint, right? So you, your business gets flooded and you have this approach that you use and maybe you had been using it for years or you just kind of stumbled upon this thing that you're like, okay, you're being methodical. Let me write, let us write down all these things, figure this, you know, the math out, your cash burn rate, whatnot. And by the course of doing it, it helped you to feel better because you knew what the picture was. And I think so many people, especially small business owners, but just people in general, find it easier to bury their head in the sand than to have to deal with the realities of what's happening. It's, you know, I, I like to say, that it's that when you're in college or you're younger and, and you go to the ATM and you take money out and you know you don't have a lot of money in there, but you've got money, some money, and you get that receipt and you just crumple it up and throw it away without looking at what that number is. That's how a lot of people are responding and dealing with what's happening right now because I think you know many people feel so overwhelmed. So what are what are some other, what are some tips or some things that you would like people to know for finding a way to make themselves feel better or to get more educated about the situation? There, there's several things I, I think about is like, remember, everything is temporary. So what you're going through right now is just temporary. It is going to end eventually. Um, and, and, and start now for later. 
you know, so easy is, is saying, well, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll meet with that guy here in a couple of weeks. Like that line of credit that we had going into this, we had it put in place in November through a new relationship that I made in May of last year. Um, that, that was huge for us because we, we literally, the day that I figured out like, hey, they're going to shut us down. I pulled that line of credit, like I pulled as much of a draw off as I felt as I felt good about, put it in the bank account, and that, that was my sacred account. I didn't touch it, and it's my comfort level there. Like uh, that was my cushion, and like I, I think like people, my my wife hates to plan stuff like that. She hates to deal with all that kind of stuff. Like she handles none of the numbers in the business. Um, she she's the dentist, so she just produces. And what she was saying was like, if we hadn't have done that, we would have been out of business and we would have been out of business um, for, for the, the flood. And, you know, luckily we had a lot of things in place for, for COVID, but we didn't expect it to last eight months. And it's, um, I, I would just start planning now for what's going to happen in the future. Because like Corey said, as long as two weeks we've ever had, uh, there's going to be something else happen you know, in a year or two or three or four or 10. I mean, everybody's going to have something happen to them. That's the only guarantee you got. All right. We got our friend Chad Felderhoff back on the program to tell you about his company, Munster Milling. Hey guys, Chad Felderhoff here with Munster Milling Company. We're a fourth generation owned family business. We've been making dog food for four generations in Munster, Texas. We've got, uh, we've got our 12 days of Christmas coming up. We're going to have a new special every day starting December 11th running all the way through December 22nd. Even your pet needs to enjoy the 12 days of Christmas. We'll have uh, multiple specials, anywhere from 30% off to uh, a free one pound bag of beef liver. So you can learn more by going to munstermilling.com, sign up for the email, sign up for the text alerts, get it shipped directly to your house, sign up for auto ship and save even more. Thanks, Chad. Now back to the show. Going back to your disaster plan, can you kind of give us an idea of, you know, what's included in there, like kind of how you created it? Um, you know, just, just, I don't know, chat about that if you wouldn't mind. So in my disaster plan, what, what happened, what I did is I went, I went ahead and called all of my suppliers and I told them, I said, Hey, you know, like, of course, this is what's going on. We're not gonna be able to pay you right now. Um, let me figure out what I can do and then I'll call you back. We met with our employees, um, all of our staff, and we were like, you know, everything's going to be fine. And that's, that's one thing you have to do is, as a leader of your business, you have to kind of put on a face. And, and even though you're scared, you can't act like you're scared. And everybody's going to be fine. Everybody's going to get paid. And everything's going to be okay. Because their number one thing is, I, ha I literally had people being like, so how, how are we going to pay our rent? You know, like if we're not in business, if we're not being able to produce, how are you going to pay us? Well, we had that money set aside so we can pay people for a while. And then I just start going through, you know, like this is what it's going to take to get back to normal. Um, and then go out three months, go back out two months, go back up 30 days and start making an action plan of what I got to do in the next 30 days to get to the next today, 31. What I got to do in the second month, what I got to do in the third month just to get, you know, back to what we need to do to get back to business. And um, 
I, I think the biggest thing is just open, open communication with everybody involved. You know, like we're going through an issue right now. We're going through a hard time. I hope y'all can deal with us. You know, our banks were not as easy to deal with as we would like. Um, I remember that. And <laughs> I, I, I keep score on that one right there. And I remember the people that, that were good to us. And uh, our, our landlord was actually really good. Of course, it was kind of, we had to find him on a boat in the Bahamas. Um, he was out of cell service. So it took us like four days to find out where he was at. And um, once he figured out what was going on, he was very helpful. But um, I, I think the biggest thing is just trying to figure out, you know, having all those things in place like that line of credit, you know, you got cash, you got time. You don't have to make any rash decisions at that point because nothing changes in the next, you know, 24 hours. Um, and then just, just start chiseling away at it. So for the people that are already deep in the suck, let's just call it that, right? Where they didn't have the line of credit and they're, they've, they're starting to exhaust what they have. Um, right. What, any guidance for them? And maybe this is a little bit more like what you went through with the flood, right? Where you're, you know, you're shut down for X period of time and you don't have revenue coming in. Like, where do you, what, what would you say to those people who don't have access to a line of credit? You, you have, you have money available to you. And I think the hardest thing for me is don't feel bad about asking people for help. Um, I, I, I personally do not like to borrow money from anybody, um, family wise or anything, but we had family that, you know, they were there for us and they helped us out. Um, you know, like your, your credit cards, you know, you may have a credit card sitting in a drawer somewhere that may have $5,000 on it. You know, that $5,000 may get you through another month. Um, it will end, it will end. Um, you just have to be there when it ends. And, and just not give up. And, you know, that grit and determination is one of the hardest things to, to see why you're going through it, I guess is the hard, it is, was the hardest thing for us is to know that it, everything was going to be okay, but everything was fine. I mean, it wasn't fine. It was, it, it gets better. So, but I, I would, I would think like, you know, if you, it, if you have to sell your car, you have to sell your car, you know, whatever you got to do to make your business survive. And, you know, that, that's the thing is don't be afraid to, to make some decisions and do some things. You have to kind of figure out what the, what the most meaningful thing is to you and then put all of your energy towards making that thing happen. One of the, one of the things that we found as people, you know, we were talking with uh, friends, family, clients, et cetera, through this whole thing is that there's definitely been some, some positives that, that have come out of it. Um, for instance, pretty, pretty early on, people realized that they could let go certain employees that they wouldn't have beforehand, but now they don't feel bad about it. Um, so that was one of the things that a bunch of people were like, well, you know, I finally got rid of that one person and I had an excuse now. Um, so, you know, that's, I mean, kind of a dark way to look at it, but still it's a, a silver lining for a business owner. So um, have, have there been any kind of lessons or, or anything like that that you've learned along the way? Yeah, I think one positive that happens is you find out who your rock stars are. You, you find out who, who, your, who your people you can rely on are. 
and then you figure out who was just in it for the paycheck. And when we had the flood, we had one, she's, she's actually still with us. Um, I guess it's, she's probably been with us for eight or nine years now. And she come to us and she's like, you don't have to pay me. Like, we'll figure it out later. Um, what do y'all need me to do type thing? And you remember those people and you remember the people that show up on their own time and don't expect to get paid. You know, they're shoveling ceiling tiles that have fallen down, you know, out into the dumpster. And that, like you said, there's, there's certain people that, that needed to be let go probably a long time ago. They just finally found their way out. Um, and, and something else that we, we figured out was through the, through the last one, was cross training your people and everything you do. So, you know, like we can pretty much, there's not a thing in this office that I can't do on the business side. And there's not anything that there's four people can do my job here to a certain degree, you know? And, and that's the thing is like, that doesn't start now. That started like four or five years ago. And, and that's something that we, we learned whenever we had to flood was, you're not going to have your whole staff all the time. You may have to let two or three people go. We didn't have to let anybody go during that time, but if you do, you still have to do business and, and cross training your people is the best thing we've ever done where everybody can kind of do everything. Great advice for all small business owners and great advice even for people that are, you know, employees of someplace else that might be listening to this podcast that with the more skills you have and the more you can be dependent on or that you can count on your employees to do other things, the stronger you are as a business owner. I want to pivot a little bit and talk about a pivot that you made during COVID as a result of COVID because of your dental business, you um, started a consulting company to help other dentists. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when, when the world was burning down in March um, and everybody's trying to figure out what to do, people were texting, calling and saying, you know, like, Hey, what are y'all like? We don't know what to do. Like a lot of, a lot of Beth's, Beth is my wife. A lot of her friends, you know, they bought practices or started a practice and the dental world is pretty stable. Like there's not really anything. It's a pretty stable business. You know, it's, there's not a lot of ups and downs. And then when you just get hit and it's no income at all, everybody kind of freaked out. So we were getting a lot of calls and texts and stuff. And about a year and a half ago, we had started a company called Smile Maker University. And it's an online training platform for dental practices. So virtually we can train, you know, dental practices in marketing, phone systems, all that kind of stuff. And whenever we did that, we said, you know, there's a lot of people needing a lot of things. So we started a consulting company called elite practice development. And we've, a lot of people want to know, like, how do you get the most out of your people? How do you get the most out of your practice? And going back to the sports thing is I always think there's more in the tank and we can always do more and we can be better tomorrow than we were yesterday, you know? So through, through this, we had, we had time. I mean, we were forced to be at home for eight weeks. Well, we weren't home, we were here, but we, we had some time. So me and Beth sat down and we come up with the consulting company and kind of, that's the other thing is out of every bad thing, there is an opportunity there. I mean, there's something good to come out of it and it's, it's what you make out of it. And 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic than I used to be about stuff. Um, Beth kind of gets mad at me sometimes because I, I try to look for opportunities in everything. Um, but I don't know, it, it's, it, it's done well. I mean, we, we've helped a lot of people and that, that's kind of our whole thing is, you know, just trying to make people not quit. Um, she, she has had some friends sell their practice just because they can't deal with the stress of it right now. And, and, and there's a lot going through it. Um, I don't know. I just don't like to see people give up because it, it, it's, if you can survive through it long enough, it will end. Your, your bad times will end. So. Well, that's something else that we saw is that, uh, you know, even outside of dental practices, um, you know, like I said, my brother's in the, in the dental industry. So I'm, I know it well here in, in Richmond. Um, but the people who were looking for a way out, uh, you know, use this as an opportunity to be like, you know what, I'm just going to, I wasn't really excited about this anyways, or, you know, whatever, I'm just going to go ahead and sell my business or just close my doors. Um, so, you know, that is an option that I, that I think everybody does need to consider as well is that, I mean, at some point, you know, you, you want to persist and you want to keep going, but at some point you might need to, you know, figure out what that exit strategy looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, as through part of your, um, consulting do you advise people to come up with exit strategies so at least they know almost from the you know the concept of built to sell where they know what that what it is that would cause them to go that direction yeah and that's one thing that we see a lot is there is no plan in place for anything uh beth has a 55 and out plan um and that's something that we we kind of encourage is she's retiring at 55 now we what we have to do is reverse engineer that retirement so we take her 55 number and go backwards and you know, she's, she's 39 right now. So we've only got 16 years left and a lot of people don't think about retiring or getting out until the last minute. And I always kind of look at all of our businesses as, you know, if I needed to sell today, what's it worth, you know? And a lot of people don't look at that. They look at it like a piggy bank. And, you know, I, one, one of my buddies was joking with me the other day. It's like, you're building it for Buffett to buy it. And I don't know if Warren Buffett would ever want to buy something, but you know, it's always good to, to start with the end in mind and kind of know what you, what you can do, what you want to do. But there's some people that, you know, like you said, Corey, like this was their way out and, and I hope they're happier for it. You know, like people need to be happy in what they do. And, yeah. and there's a lot of people that are not happy in what they're doing right now. And, I don't see you retiring at 55 though, Chris. <laughs> I won't be working um, all that time. So no, uh, but, but like one of my goals is, you know, like I write down my, in my legal pad every day is I want to, I want to own a hundred companies. Um, that's my goal is a hundred LLCs in my name. But um, you know, that, that's kind of the entrepreneur in me is I just like to build stuff and watch it grow and watch it morph into something way bigger than me. And then, you know, we, we go build something else. So. Yeah, that's great. So any, um, we need to start wrapping up. This has been, this has been really good. Do you have any, you know, final words of advice or wisdom for people that are just really feeling the suck right now? Don't ever feel bad about asking for help and ask for help before sooner than later. And, and I, and be open with people and don't 
and take the ego off. That's, that was my hardest thing was, you know, I always thought like, you know, like I don't need to ask for help because, you know, I'm, I'm tough. I'm, I'm, you know, if you ask for help, you look weak or something like that. You don't look weak. You know, it, it's, it's part of being in business and it's a, it's a tough thing. I mean, it, it's a tough battle every day and that's on a good day. And you, you take some, what we went through in the last eight months and whatever else could happen. Um, just ask for help and don't, don't feel bad about it. And there's a lot of awesome people around here. Like I'm in a bunch of business groups, um, way smarter people than me. And I always try to look for a room that I am not like, I, I am the dumbest person in the room and let those people just feed into you. And that, that's been something that's helped me get along a lot is being able to have, you know, almost like a brotherhood that you can be like, Hey, how are you doing this? Because I have no clue. And just, just ask for help. I mean, pe people will, they'll help you. I mean, send me a message. I'll help you. I mean, like, just don't think you're in it alone because they're, and, and that's the one thing about going through COVID was I told Beth, we're all in this together. The banks have to work with us. You know, everybody has to work with us because there's nobody not affected. And just, just don't be scared to ask for help. That's my biggest thing. Great. Thanks. And we'll put links to everything, um, all your businesses in our show notes. And so you've got the Smile Maker University and Elite Practice Development. Um, anything else you want to plug before we go? Yeah, me and my Beth, uh, me and my wife Beth uh, own Cannon Family Dental in Johnson City, Tennessee. It's a cosmetic and dental, uh, cosmetic and general dentistry practice, and we own a company that holds short-term and long-term rentals too. And um, it's kind of my passion project is that's where I want to be at 55 is in the short-term and long-term rental business. So um, everything kind of goes together. Great. Great. We'll throw that all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you all for having me. Thanks again to all our listeners and our expert, Chris Cannon, for all of the great advice today. Check the show notes to learn more about Chris and his businesses and feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Our contact info is in the show notes as well. Our next episode of this series will be released next Saturday, the 19th. We will have Heather Vargo back on to talk in more depth about mental health. And if you'd like to hear more of our business-focused podcast, head on over to bizquickpodcast.com. You can also visit our company's website at sbpace.com to learn more about us. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everyone.